Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions, with your host, Rev. Paul John Roach. So, hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from somewhere in Texas. Today is part three in our series on the Divine Feminine. And today, my wife, Wendy, joins me once again, which is always a pleasure to talk about this subject. So welcome, Wendy. Hello. You know, the first couple of weeks, we looked at uh, the first week, we looked at uh, the hidden uh, divine feminine in the Bible, which is quite a fascinating show, uh, When God Had a Wife. And last week, we looked at the heart of the Great Mother and the three aspects of the the mother, the triple goddess, um, maiden uh, or virgin, uh, mother and crone, and and how that fits into uh, the stars and the moon and and astrology in general. That was quite fascinating. And today uh, we wanted to share our views on our personal views on the divine feminine and how that's helped us in our own uh, spiritual and personal life, because I'm a big advocate that you need a balance, right? That it's not just one-sided, male or female, um, that we need that integration. And, and since when we look around us in, in the, throughout the universe, throughout Mother Nature, there's these balancing energies, uh, it makes sense that there's also those balance, balancing energies within our own being as well, and, and important to honor, honor both sides. Um, so the first thing I want to say is, um, you know, in general, we've been conditioned uh, by a certain worldview. And Wendy and I were talking about this earlier in the week, um, that you, sometimes you're so conditioned, you, you don't even think there could be another way of looking at something. For instance, uh, the, the, the masculine-centered view of, of spirituality. You know, for thousands of years now, we've had a sort of patriarchal God um, and you think of God, you think of a man, and only in recent years do we have we started to include the idea of the feminine, uh, you know, the goddess. Um, but uh, you take it so much for granted that, uh, and you you think the Bible is based on that, and that's what the, one of the fascinating things about the the previous show was to demonstrate that the feminine is actually within the Bible. So it's difficult sometimes to escape from our conditioning, right? Yes, it certainly is, and. And when you are stuck in something, um, you find things that uh, collaborate with that uh, viewpoint, and it takes some effort to 
stop and look around and incorporate new things. Um, I'm a firm believer that, that don't just take, just because somebody said as an answer, um, or I've read that or known that all my life, because there's so much in the world that we don't, we don't know. And, um, there's some practical spiritual things that, um, in the feminine aspect of spirituality that can help us, whether we're male and fe male or female in the practical, uh, sense of just everyday living. I think this is particularly apropos right now uh, in our society where we are starting to look at tradition and accepted belief and, and, and what's right uh, in our nation, in our world. And um, sometimes when new paradigms and new ways of looking are coming forward, there's resistance. And we're seeing that resistance right now, I think, to, uh, to some of the changes that are happening. And, you know, that, that is often a healthy thing. There's, all, there's always resistance. It doesn't mean it's bad, uh, but it's not fun while we're going through it. So um, perhaps something new can come forth that's, that's a little more um, expansive and, and inclusive. I think that's, that's what I'm looking at, it, you know, the, the hoping for in, in and affirming that is going to come forth in, in our country and our world is that we're not going to be stuck in those those old ways that we just don't even take, we just take them for granted. We don't, we don't even see sometimes that, wait a minute, that's crazy to, to think that way. And so, so the whole point of the, or perhaps the point of the uh, dis, disruption and the dis, uh, well, the disruption right now and the, the uh, energy coming to a head is because perhaps the given old belief is not completely valid. It's not completely true. Maybe there's more to it. And th that energy is erupting now. And one thing I would say also is that we can be advocates for a new way of thinking intellectually, right? With, without it really taking root in our, in our hearts or, or in our ability to shift our true thinking. Um, in other words, we may consider ourselves to be open-minded and, and um, uh, accepting of, of new ideas, but are we really? You know, it might be an overlay, and um, so there's some work to be done there. And I, I know I did. I think I've shared this on the show before, but I did an inclusivity and diversity training as part of my work um, on the board of Unity World Headquarters. And it was about a day and a half's worth of training. I found it extremely useful and helpful because I always felt I was open-minded, but I was I was saw things that I had some blind spots, and uh, wasn't even aware that that I was thinking a certain way. You could call it white privilege, and uh, it was very helpful for me to see that because then I could begin to really shift and uh, practice a different way um, and and look in a different way. So. Uh, so it's it's easy to see the things we can see, right? But it's those blind spots, those things that we don't even not even aware that we don't know that that is that are so difficult to eradicate sometimes. And and if you extrapolate that into society in general, you know we have to have patience and uh, understanding for people who are 
you know, still stuck in some old ways of thinking, you know, not, not necessarily because they're bad people, but because they haven't had a chance to see it from a larger perspective. So I think, you know, to draw people forth and draw people along is more important than to battle them. And, um, and, and so that this, the higher way is, uh, is the way of Jesus, I guess, you know, calling people to a higher awareness ra rather than fighting. And, uh, you know, Judas Iscariot, I think, wanted Jesus to be a, a great fighter and overthrow with his power the, the Roman Empire. And Jesus said, no, that's not my way. You know, the, the, the way is, is different. It's, it's, not, it's not a question of battling an enemy. It's, it's changing a perspective, changing our understanding of how we approach that, quote, enemy and how we approach ourselves and, and come to that peace in our, in our own hearts and uh, then work to change. Seek first the kingdom and the righteousness of the kingdom, and then all these things will be done. And, and sometimes we rush to do the changes without getting centered in the, in the kingdom, which is the center of peace and love at the heart, at the heart of us. Uh, and the beauty, I think the beauty of uh, incorporating, well, it, it, each, it starts with each of us. So any change in the world, of course, starts with the individual. And it starts with us incorporating and looking again and uh, taking the time to examine the old belief and seeing if it's a valid uh, truth for yourself right now. And the beauty of incorporating more information, whether it... And, and the energy of the female or the male, either, either way, incorporating the two together and using them is that you broaden your perspective, broaden your, your ability to have a beautiful life and to have a peaceful uh, self-being. Now, I want to shift to the other side of this, too. The, you know, if, if we're locked into old paradigms and can't see another viewpoint, when we do get the new viewpoint, sometimes we rush to embrace that, perhaps overzealously. It's like the pendulum swing, go from one extreme to the other. And so we can get sort of, it becoming becoming trendy, you know, to be all involved with the black Madonna or the, the feminine image of God or whatever. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but sometimes we, we throw out what we grew up with because we think, oh, I found a wonderful new way. Well, maybe there's elements of what you grew up with that were valid, right? And um, so the work then is integration. But perhaps we have to swing uh, the pendulum in a certain direction in the opposite way, you know, in order for us to come back to balance. So maybe that's the, the point there. But, uh, you know, we, we want to avoid um, tre being in a trend because I think what tends to happen with trends is that uh, when we find the next one coming along, you know, we jump on that one and, and we don't have uh, find any stability, and and we want it, we want this to be real, right? It's it's not just a mind game or an exercise we do because it's fun. Um, this this is the reality of who we are, um, and we we want that integration. We want, I want to live the authentic, authentic life. Um, and no matter how many statues you know you have in your house, the, the, you know, oh look, I'm really into that particular image. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's what we're aiming at. And, and I have statues in my house, so, so it's not like, it's not that I don't have them, but I, I don't want them to be a little game that I play. I want them to represent something real in my own being and, and help me to connect to that, right? And, and, and make it authentic. 
Well, you have a saying that you're going to have to help me here, Paul, but you have a saying about uh, the finger pointing at the moon and that you end up worshiping the finger instead of looking at the moon. I've, I've, I'm, is that, did I say it right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I think that, you know, it's a, like a vehicle, uh, uh, um, the different statues or the different, like the black Madonna, it's a vehicle to open up um, your spirituality, but it's not about necessarily the black Madonna. It's about what she represents. Yeah, very good. And, and I'm particularly interested in Hinduism and I consider myself Christian, mystical Christian, but also interested in other religions and Hinduism speaks to me greatly. And the statues in, in Hinduism, the Murtis, um, you know, are very much portals, um, that convey the spiritual, uh, from the, the imminent within us to the transcendent in the God above and beyond. They're sort of the connector, the gateway. And uh, the more we imbue them with energy, then they become real images of that connectedness. And um, so we're not worshipping the image exactly. That would be silly to worship uh, uh, something made of metal or whatever. But we're seeing that representation as, a, as an outpicturing, as a visual of, of what's going on within us and around us. So then they become very uh, powerful vehicles, if you like, or, or portals. I like to look at them as portals, gateways to, to the divine. And to contemplate the various symbolic meanings is, is very interesting, too, because all those meanings are within me, all the, the, you know, the aspects of the God and Goddess, is, is aspects of my own being. And uh, so, so then, then they become um, not just friends, but, but uh, helpful, helpful aids. And, you know, that, that's, that's useful, I think. But if, if they become essential to you and your spiritual path, you know, and you become superstitious about them, I think you missed the point then. You know, you have to, if that happens, you have to put them aside and, you know, come to the, back to the emptiness uh, beyond all, all images. Well, you, we, that just brings us right back to the how we began this segment, is that if, that you, you, if you're stuck and all you're all you're relying on and you you gather you're trying to gather all your energy or your spirituality from a limited segment um, or a limited understanding or reliant on a limited amount of information when there are there is more information out there more things to incorporate in your life then the the uh, eruption happens and and you want to uh something happens that that pokes at you so that you're perhaps uh forced a little bit there's more force to make you look and look beyond um that narrow path right so what are we saying there we're saying that um the male and the female the the masculine and the feminine uh, energies or divinity within the universe and within us are both valid and and so we, you know we have both of those energies and understandings w within us right now and uh, to, to have a male and a female god makes sense and i know unity for many years now has talked about mother father god or father mother god 
Um, and we, we've often affirmed that uh, statement. I like it because um, it reminds me of, of, of both aspects of the, of the divine. Uh, again, coming back to Hinduism, in, um, in Hinduism, you know, the, the male aspect of God is often seen as the potential, uh, the undifferentiated uh, power, and then the female is the Shakti or the uh, manifest energy and power. Um, and they, they move together, but like yin and yang, they, they nest in each other. And you need the one, you need both. One can't work without the other. And they self-generate. When you have one, you have the other. Um, and even the Bible talks about this, that there was this, uh, you know, void um, it, the, uh, out of which God created the universe. Well, it, the, the idea of God, the idea that was generated by God, the... Um, the male idea, if you like, the seed was was uh, deposited or impregnated into the the void, the, the emptiness, which is the the womb, um, with the, and that comes forth the 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 universe, right, from those two um, just seemingly disparate yet incredibly important aspects of the divine. So. Uh, in the same way, in, in unity, we talk about this: the mind, the the divine, has ideas um, which which are impregnated in, into our consciousness. Um, we we visualize them, we meditate on them, and they come forth into manifestation, into expression, mind, idea, expression. But that but that idea must always be placed into, as Charles Fillmore said, the substance. Uh, have faith that the idea is impregnated into the substance and and then from that um, connectedness from the the seed and and the the substance coming together has generated the manifestation and to me that's a wonderful thing and Meister Eckhart said that uh, God spends her days endlessly on a, on a maternity bed giving birth and so Meister Eckhart the great Catholic mystic was very open to this idea of the, the feminine aspect of God, this idea of constantly bringing forth, um, you know, uh, pro pro producing, being the, the well of all abundance. And of course, that's the key to our abundance, is to be aware that uh, that, that life-giving cauldron or cornucopia, uh, the womb, the cosmic womb, is, is constantly giving forth um, and and it, it thrives on the ideas that we place in it, too. So the more we um, can visualize the good and, and conceptualize it and have an intention around it, the greater uh, chance there is that that's going to come forth because um, we are a wish-fulfilling gem or a, a cup of the grail that brings forth that which we truly desire. Um, so it's a very mystical idea and a very practical idea. Well, and, you know, if... You have to have the idea, but then you also have to have action. And the male and the female speak to that idea and then the action. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to give us some practical applications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Putting you on the part, spot here. Part two, practical applications <laughs> after the break. Okay, yeah. but, it's true, but it's true. I mean, I mean that's a good example of, uh, you know, what you were saying. And, and it's a good example of... Of you, you have if you can um, utilize utilizing both the male and the female part of spirituality will give you right 
action and right idea that that harmonize with each other and can actually be used in life circumstances. Absolutely, this is very uh, powerful. Uh, but you, you have to be aware of, and I think anybody that's created anything, whether it's a poem or piece of music, a piece of carpentry, uh, fixing a car, whatever, there's that creative moment where you may know the information, you may, may have an understanding of what you want to say, but there's that moment or do, but there's that moment where you have to let go and allow the, the intuitive to come forth, right? Where you give up knowing something and you allow a greater wisdom that's within you to come forth. You know, the page is blank. All of a sudden, there's something on there that you hadn't really thought of, but it's come forth from that unknown, from the, the divine dark, if you like. And uh, I think this is very important that uh, we acknowledge that that matrix out of which all things come. It's, it's the, again, the womb. It's the female aspect um, or the feminine aspect of our being. And, and we have to allow that to, to be present. Sometimes we rush, we want to rush to conclusions, rush to solve everything. And we have to relax and allow the gestation to happen. You know, you can't expect it to all come at once sometimes. Uh, it takes nine months to produce a baby and it takes whatever it takes to produce something in your own life. You know, have patience that the work is being done, that uh, there's, there's deep processes going on. I can't, I, I write poetry, I can't force my poems. Um, you know, sometimes I want to write something, but it won't come. And other times uh, I'm not even thinking about it. And all of a sudden I'm impelled to write something. So you have to trust that that creativity is, is there. And all the ideas in the world are not going to suffice for that because, you know, I can have the most wonderful ideas, but sometimes it's when I let go of my ideas and allow the deep inner knowledge that's, that's gestating in me uh, to come forth. So this, to me, this is a very um, creative place to be. You know, so often we, we rely on secondhand knowledge or, or other people's thoughts. But if you look at the great geniuses of this world, they, they never follow other people's ideas. You know, they may have been imbued, be imbued with them, then they go their own way. And, and we can do the same. We can, we can have that creative thought that, that's, um, that's beyond all the conditions of the past and, all, and like we said, all the things we've, we've grown up with, uh, and also beyond all the little uh, trends that we think are cool, uh, and, and we enter into this place of true reality, authenticity, and that's a powerful place to be. Well, the um, I was thinking while you were talking, Paul, that the um, we, we have choices um, on just how we interact with our world, and... Um, I was thinking of Marcus Aurelius and just how he was a warrior, but he was also a poet and he wrote beautiful things, beautiful heartfelt things. And you wouldn't think of him as a, uh, um, as a warrior. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget what Paul told me that about him because I didn't know much about him when I, um, and Paul introduced me to him, but he obviously chose in his life to incorporate the the feminine aspect into his life and and somehow it if if you read his writings it helped him get through and deal with the heavy-handedness of war and the bloodiness and cruelty of it and um it was interesting that 
but but he's a good example of incorporating. Yeah, I think so. And and uh, the difficulty of court life too, because he was uh, the emperor, uh, a true philosopher king, because he was an emperor, um, but not an emperor sitting back in uh, in the back in the palace. He was actually in the front line. Uh, fighting the the German the Parthians at one point and then the Germans on the borders of the Roman Empire and, and wrote down his thoughts which were meant for just for himself actually but they were discovered much later um, and, and given the title Meditations but they're really a source book of inspiration for himself you know to encourage himself forward and as Wendy says they, they incorporate very much the, um, the, the the sensitive intuitive side as well as the toughest nails side, and the, the balance of the two is very powerful. I think so. It's the the male and female aspects coming coming forth there, or masculine and feminine. And that's something I want to discuss in the second segment. Is that we tend to be too rigid. I think when we say, "Well, that's a masculine trait and that's a feminine," because I, I think all traits can be both masculine and feminine, and um, it's just the way they're expressed and. Uh, so, so we don't want to say, you know, the feminine is always receptive, gentle, easygoing and all that, because we know that's not true. The feminine can be extremely powerful and, and um, more powerful, perhaps, than the male sometimes. Uh, so so let's take a look at that. Uh, the, we don't want to get locked into stereotypes of those, those divisions between the, the feminine and the masculine. It's an incorporation. It's the yin, yin and the yang again. It's, right. not, it's not one or the other. It's the yin and the yang of, of, of uh, and incorporating them together instead of seeing them as two different uh, powers, I think, is, is uh, right. vital to using them. And they both exist within each person, right? So we both, we both have the masculine and feminine aspects within us. And again, the masculine and feminine aspects can show up in different ways. Uh, for instance, the goddess can be gentle. Um, or uh, extremely ferocious, uh, depending on on the necessity at the time. So um, it, it's not always the you know a pretty little uh, female image. It, it can be a, a something like Kali with a, a red tongue and skulls around her neck and etc. So uh, interesting stuff, folks. Uh, there's a lot multiplicity of ideas around the the male and female and the masculine and feminine energies and the divine feminine and so when we return we'll talk more about it and yeah we'll get more practical uh, and bring some of these highfalutin philosophical ideas really down to earth so join us after these messages from unity we'll be right back Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. 
All right, welcome back to today's show. Uh, this is Paul Ro John Roach. I'm with my wife Wendy, and we're talking about the divine feminine. This is the third part in our series on that subject. Fascinating subject. We found out about the the divine feminine and the female goddesses within the Bible a couple of weeks ago. Last week we looked at the triple aspect of the goddess um, in in terms of the the virgin or the maiden the mother and the crone, each, you know, an aspect that is valid. Um, the, the sort of the creative part, the, the youthful, fresh, innocent aspect of the divine feminine, and then the nurturing part, the, the very um, giving birth part, and then the crone, this idea of the uh, transformative or sometimes destructive aspect. And, and we see that played out in, in Mother Nature also, if we follow the seasons. And that's one thing that I've been fascinated with. I've always been a, a deep lover of Mother Nature ever since I was a kid. And, uh, but during this COVID-19 uh, lockdown that we've been in and out of, um, I, I'm semi-retired, so I've been at home a lot. I've, I've really had a, a deep uh, connection to Mother Nature again in our yard and our garden that we have at the house. And uh, especially in terms of the the cycles and the flow of energies, and and you can if you if you think of Mother Earth and Mother Nature and then Father Sky, you know again the male and the female aspects, um, you you can see both in in action, um, the you know the movement of the the stars, the planets, the moon, uh, the patterns of the days, the moving through the cycles of the seasons, the equinoxes, the solstice. But also the the, the way that uh, the, the nature expresses itself, you know, from from early spring when when uh, COVID started, uh, late winter, early spring, right now into high summer, and and enjoying all all the various uh, blessings that nature brings. So I, I find great um, comfort and nurturing, and and not just intellectual, but a feeling, a felt sense of connect connection to mother nature i need that right now because you know when you turn on the news it's, it's it can be a little crazy making sometimes you need to come back to or at least i do i need to come back to the eternal verities and, and i find that in the cycles of of mother nature and i know you do wendy too right we've done a lot of gardening as well yeah digging in the dirt uh connects me so much and it makes me feel i I don't want to say more in control of my life, but it makes me feel like I'm I'm producing, uh, planting seeds and digging in the dirt and pulling weeds and cutting limbs and pruning things and and then also being able to see the you know the product of that of that work. But it certainly um, I think gives me energy uh, that I I don't get from anything else. Right. And, um, you know, even if you only have a, a window box or a house plant, I think you can get the same kind of feeling. You know, there, there's things that are outside of our human field, right? And, and outside just the built environment, there's there's a whole other um, aspect of existence. Uh, I think our pets provide that nurturing quality, too. Um, and, and certainly the birds. Um, and somebody was telling me the other day that uh, birds have messages for us um, at this time, um, you know, because birds can fly, birds are free, 
in that sense, and, and they represent that freedom. Um, and they they have messages for us right now to, to not be locked down to the ground, but to have wings to fly. So, um, you know, so Mother Nature can teach us uh, so much, I think, at, at this time. And um, especially in the, in the nurturing aspects of Mother Nature, but also in the, the storms and stress. Uh, a few weeks ago, a huge wind uh, came through our little wood that we have at the back of our house, and it just tossed the tree so much, I thought, surely they're going to break off because, um, you know, the, the wind was strong, and you could see it move just down the, the side of the house through the trees. And it taught me so much. It taught me uh, that storms come, you know, um, but the, the Mother Nature can handle it. The trees can handle it. They can bend with the wind. They're, they're incredibly strong, but also incredibly flexible. And, and uh, that this, this is a lesson for me right now, you know, to deal with um, the storms and stress, but stay centered, but be willing to um, weather the storm, you know, have, have that quality, which we often attribute to the feminine, the quality of water or movement or flexibility, being able to shift uh, with things and not be rigid. Right? Um, in, in the previous show, we talked about uh, when you think of, of the masculine, you think of squares or, or rectangles or you know, straight lines, boxes. When you think of the female, you think of the spiral of a circle. And uh, we need both, right, to, to, uh, to live our lives. Uh, most of our houses are pretty square. But, but there's something beautiful about the spiral and the circle uh, that, that, that we connect with deeply, I think. And so both uh, are necessary parts, and one without the other is we're missing something. So there's another example of um, how beautiful the, the connection is. A car, for instance, I guess, you could say it can, combines masculine and feminine energies, right? Because we have the, the wheels... Uh, on the street and the wheel we drive with, and, and yet we have the sort of boxy shape of the, the container in which we can sit comfortably in, so, and, and uh, that protects us, so uh, it, it beautiful integration there. Yeah, they, and if, you know, one is a reflection of the other. If you don't, if you don't have one, then you can't see the other, too. And you wanted to share something that happened to you, Wendy. Well, I, I, when we were taught, we were thinking about what practical application of incorporating the male and female um, aspects of ourselves. Um, I, I had somebody write me a letter that was emotional, and uh, I needed to respond to it, and I needed to respond not only to the, um, uh, to the situation, uh, to the business situation, but I, 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 and, and I was all off being business and, and was going to, you know, write back the points of the, the business points. And Paul stopped me and he said, you know, if you don't address the person's emotional uh, uh, communication there, they're not going to hear the business parts of it. You have to, you know, and, and I, I feel like we, we successfully crafted a response together so that um, a little bit of uh, 
a little bit of a role reversal because I wanted to be the, I wanted to, you know, address the business. And Paul was like, no, address the emotional too. But uh, we, we successfully crafted a response um, that when we got a response back from the person, you could tell that she felt like she'd been heard and that there was still a business relationship that uh, had points to be addressed um, and that we felt like she is now open to addressing those points. And, and so that was, pro that was um, um, a, an example of, practical example of what, uh, who do you answer with? Who, who, how, how do you um, address needs so that you further communications and you further peaceful relationships and uh, sometimes come up with maybe ideas that you possibly didn't have before uh, by fostering those uh, continued uh, communications. Right. Perfect example. Thank you. Um, because, you know, sometimes it's difficult when, we, when we're intent upon something, when we feel we have uh, a good reason to be a certain way, you know, to, to state our uh, to state our truth, and we've got to state it really forcefully sometimes. And and sometimes you have to ask ourselves, well, re really, is that necessary? Or is that going to achieve its aim by being too hard-nosed about it? You know, even if we're right, um, it, maybe there's another way. And, and Or even just addressing the mundane, the bus like addressing the business point. Right. Um, that that would that would have um, uh, of not of continued the communication with this person if 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 I had to just address the business point. And in my business mind, that was all I saw. Uh, and um, so it was um, a good thing to stop and and say, yeah, you know, you know, I I I would want to be heard here, too. So. Um, Give the person the respect of that. I do think that there is. I'm. I'm a real big one though that on um, uh, it, it projection and it's not. Don't make your problem my problem. <laughs> right. This. This is. Uh, this is where intuitive wisdom comes in, right? Because we don't want to fall into the trap of enabling others by saying, "Oh yes, I understand this other," and and enable them when you've got a point to be to put across. So you have to honor. Uh, your own integrity here as well, and that, I think that's important. A mother, a mother, um, uh, following a a path of of uh, here though the the mother aspect is not it's not um, uh, don't confuse compassion with codependency. Right. You know. Uh, the, the great saint and, and teacher Ramana Maharshi was asked one time by one of his disciples, they, they asked him, how am I to treat others, master? How am I to treat others? And Ramana Maharshi replied, there are no others. And you can say, what's that about? There are no others, of course there are. But what he was saying was, no, we're all one and spirit, we're one. And so when we get into this idea that somebody's separate from us or different and I have to treat them a certain way because I see them as different and I miss the opportunity of connecting. I miss I miss what the deeper reason for my interaction with that person is. Right. 
And yeah, there may be projection, there may be all kinds of things going on. But if I can release that and see what's the reality here, who is this person? Well, what are they needing right now? What aspect of them is in me? Um, and often I don't see things in others uh, unless they're within my own self. And I hate when that happens because um, I, I don't like um, pe certain people uh, uh, sometimes. You know, they trigger me. I'm sure this happens for everybody. But then, you know, as I was talking to my wife, she said, well, maybe you, you demonstrate those qualities in yourself. And I looked at it and I thought, mm, oh, no, I think I do, actually. I think the very thing that ticks me off about others is because I have aspects of the same qualities within myself. Maybe I've worked on them a little bit, but they're still there. And, um, and you it was, recognize I rec it. You yeah. recognize it. You might I, not act it anymore, I had, but you recognize right. it. Right. And I had to own that one because it was powerful. And it was very freeing, actually, to acknowledge that and um, think I don't have to have a certain attitude towards that person because they are me. <laughs> they, are, they are another aspect of the one. And, um, and, and, and that's salutary, I think. So w whenever we come across a male, female, whatever it is, um, a person we like, dislike, it's, it's, it's all grist for the mill. You know, who is it that doesn't like this person? You know, what aspect of me doesn't like this? Uh, the, the work is to eventually see all people as as worthy to receive love, right? Just as I am worthy to receive love uh, in whatever aspect they show up. And the, what you're talking about is is the importance of there is no difference in between ourselves, the yin and the yang of the male and female uh, spirit within us that the aspects of other people it's just like incorporating the aspects of ourselves and the importance of that work. Right. You know, coming back to Shiva and Shakti again for a minute uh, in the Hindu tradition, you know, Shiva is the god uh, uh, often of destruction, really of transformation. And uh, he spends, you know, 10,000 years at a time meditating. Uh, and yet he's also the greatest lover, you know, ever known in, in the traditions. And so they talk about the combination there, the combination of the celibate and the great lover all in one. And, and the, the goddess, the, the Shakti aspect can be this divine maiden, you know, all sweetness and light and flowers um, as one aspect. And, and then, as we've mentioned earlier, the Kali or Durga aspects, the, the devourer of, of things. Um, and, and both are valid, right? Both sides are part of the whole. And uh, we can't have the one without the other. Then there's a, an appropriate time for each one. Um, it, you know, it's not good to be storming forever. There's a time for that. But then there's a time for, for gathering flowers, a, a time to be a lover and a time to, to meditate. So um, every aspect is, is within us. And uh, so and, and we have to acknowledge that. And I, I, I was telling my wife, uh, you know, recalling actually some of the great warrior women of history um, that demonstrate, you know, what we might call masculine energies, and yet they were full-on women as well. Um, uh, people like Joan of Arc or, or Elizabeth I, uh, some of the great uh, pioneers, the suffragettes, um, the, uh, the, the, who else, the Boudicca in, in Britain, the, the, the warrior goddess, the, the Celts that uh, destroyed the a Roman army. Um, you know, we have these examples of, of that fierce quality in, in the divine feminine, 
um, but that doesn't mean that they've been stripped of their, their femininity. They, they, were, they were women, um, and we know that a, a woman, a mother, will do anything to protect her child, which is only right, um, and again, exhibits great fortitude and, and strength, perhaps even greater than a, than a man can sometimes. So, um, you know, we, we have to honor every aspect within each, each side of us. And I think that's part of a healthy society when we do so, that we, we don't label people a certain way and put them in a, in a nice safe space, you know. I was uh, safe for us. That yeah, is. safe for us. I, I told Paul there was also a fierce women pirates on the sea. <laughs> I think actually I'm, I'm from Wales. I think there was a famous uh, female Welsh pirate. Um, yeah. I'm a sailor, so that was a, a yeah. joke for us. Yeah, that was, that was a little bit of an in joke, yeah, folks. <laughs> So let's talk about uh, Jesus and, and women, um, because, you know, the, the, the Gospels were written by men who sort of, I don't know, modified some of the stories. And yet, even within that, there's, there's a strong element of the female um, and women throughout the, the Gospels, and especially in the Gospel of Luke. And... Um, and, and they, they were very, very important. We, I was, we were talking in a previous show uh, about the idea that this it's possible that um, Jesus was in relationship with Mary Magdalene, for instance. And I know that's a popular subject now with uh, the Da Vinci Code and whatnot. But whether that's true or not, uh, in, in terms of a, a relationship or a marriage, there was definitely a very deep connection between those two and, and between Jesus and, and many of the women. And, you know, we all know that it's the women that first saw the risen Jesus, right, in all the Gospels. Uh, the men were disbelieving and men had abandoned him, but the women had stayed true and were with him throughout the, the, the last days and through his death and then resurrection. And that speaks very strongly to me that the intuitive, feminine, flexible, open aspects of, of that aspect of the divine within us uh, are always there with us for yes or with us forever for the long haul whereas the ideas can come and go the male ideas you know are generating and generating but but they they don't always stick you know they don't stay with us and uh, that's testimony i think to to the fact that um, we have to honor those and jesus did jesus honored those aspects uh, in, in a sense jesus was uh, bringing a feminine message, I think, to balance out the patriarchal. Not that he couldn't be strong, he was very strong, but but he was um, very open to that intuitive understanding and, and putting love paramount to judgment. Well, and the, the, uh, uh, the passion uh, that uh, he displayed, uh, he, and, and it says that he learned uh, you know the things he learned from women. He he listened uh, to to women as well as to men. But he was a he was a male and probably treated as a male. And but he listened to women and he brought them. He he um, didn't seem to judge. <clears throat> and he brought them into his inner realm as um, as advisors. 
right as equals. Um, and, and that would have been unusual back in his day, too. So he was radically innovative in that regard. And, you know, another thing is the, the, the balance of um, the, the blessing. He, he was blessed with water, baptized with water by John the Baptist. And the dove of the Holy Spirit descended uh, upon him. And, and God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, etc. There's that side of it. And, and John the Baptist is a, a very ascetic, masculine, rigid kind of uh, tradition, I think, um, in character. And, uh, and then he was blessed and anointed with, with oil by the women, by Mary, and, uh, and, and it's a different kind of blessing, right? A different kind of baptism, uh, more of a kingly anointing. Uh, and with the oil again, which represents that feminine aspect, um, so you pouring, you, forth. pouring forth, right? And, and the water is also that sense of the feminine. So you could say, well, it's another form of the feminine there. But but very much um, the balance between the the John the Baptist consciousness and then the, the females in the in the gospel. So again, he was fully um, equipped and empowered uh, in all aspects of, of his life. And on the cross, instead of cursing the people and said, I'll get you back, he says, forgive them. Uh, they know not what they do. You know, I, I have discovered a higher way that's beyond these dualities of pain and suffering um, and, and, you know, killing our enemies. There, there, is, a, there is a higher path, and uh, that path is the path of, of integration, of wholeness, of yin and yang nesting in each other. Yeah, and whether... Whether you believe in, in uh, 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 that the Bible is accurate in its description of what happened or whether you, you think Hindu gods and goddesses are, are crazy and, and out of sorts or whatever, that the, there is no denying that what we're talking about in the, the male and female exists and the beauty of of incorporating the two in your in your life is what expands us and brings us joy and expands our look on the on the world it's like if you saw the same thing every single day um, until you see something different, until you go a different route, um, you, you you get in that rut and don't appreciate anymore. So it's a um, I don't want to say a challenge, but it's a it's a an idea, call, an a calling, an yeah. opportunity, um, which I think our society, like we talked about, as well as our individuality. Um, is ready for is up to the task of incorporating so i invite you to take three things that you can do this week as a result of what we talked about and you, there may be more that struck you in the show but uh, at least three things the first is get connected to mother nature in some way you know look at the birds or enjoy your flowers um, even if you've got a tiny yard or a, a window box uh, you know it, appreciate the the, the nurturing uh, quality that you've been given to these plants 
appreciate the 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 flow of the of the sky and the, the wind and and the, the various things that are to see in mother nature second thing is you know examine yourself a little bit and and notice the male and female aspects within your being um and what which ones do you honor which ones could come forth a little more strongly um what what does it mean to be fully integrated in terms of masculine and feminine and and how does that work uh, in in your in your life and know you have a choice of when to use those things absolutely and then the third thing is spend time in the emptiness you know in the matrix in the womb um by just going into the silence without trying to work it out just just be still just go into that apparent emptiness apparent void and and find that that void is is the fullness of everything because it's out of the out of the darkness out of the emptiness that that everything flows so uh, that's a, that's another exercise we can do is simply spend time not thinking you know not being so much in the world of ideas but but letting the the true intuitive wisdom percolate uh, from within us any other thoughts wendy before we go oh i think that pretty well covers it i am um uh, i always appreciate your um uh viewpoint and your knowledge on on things but that that to me it like it shores up my my intuitive thoughts uh-huh. uh to to hear things out of the bible or things out of different religions or um it it helps shore it shore it up for me um even though i'm of the uh the I'm, i don't i don't have to know where th- something comes from i just have to know that uh and trust that spirit provides for me and to use it all right use it all thank you wendy you're always a wonderful person to be on the show with me um next week i'm going to interview the producer of a box office hit show from japan it's entitled the real exorcist and it's about the global uh, suicide pandemic that's happening around the world and ways to to solve that problem uh, so that should be an interestingly different show so join me then for that and once again yes thank you so much wendy providing uh, so much insight and i'm glad you're all listening to this show folks thank you for listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed you don't know where to turn these days it seems like there is no end to our problems we invite you to connect with silent unity the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now since 1890 silent unity has always been there no judgment or dogma just someone affirming the best for you Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.